Well, good morning again. I'd like to begin with this reading from Whispers from Eternity, entitled, I Will Be Thine Always. I may go far, farther than the farthest star, but I will be thine always. Devotees may come, devotees may go, but I will be thine always. I may bound over billows of many lives under sad, dark skies of loneliness, but I will be thine always. The whole world may ignore thee, engrossed as it is in thy gifts of money, power, and pleasure, mere playthings, but I will be thine always. Take everything from me if thou willest, but Lord, I will be thine always. Death, disease, and every imaginable trial may riddle and rend me yet with the embers of memory still flicker. Look into my dying eyes, they will mutely say, I will be thine always. My voice may grow feeble, fail, and forsake me, and yet with bursting heart and with the silent voice of my soul, I will ever whisper to thee, my Lord, I am thine always. Thank you, Guruji, for whispers. It's such a powerful source of light and inspiration and power, especially when we crack open today's topic. Uh, it's certainly very nice to start with whispers. I was thinking just before service that you know, often if I'm driving somewhere other than Ananda Village, there are a lot of churches and they have the billboards. And on the billboards, they have typically the topic of that service that, of course, they invite everyone to come in uh, to listen to. So I was thinking, gosh, how many people would stop and want to go into a service called, you know, does Satan exist? You know, I think <laughs> I just think that we're doing pretty good here. Our turnout's, <laughs> our turnout's quite high. And, you know, I was reading uh, on Ananda.org, we published a letter of Paramahansa Yogananda talking about this topic, who is Satan, does Satan exist? And it's a very, very uh, nice article. And I was curious of what the responses were in the comment section. So I was reading some of the comments. Some of them are actually quite hilarious and some are quite deep. But I, I think the winner for me was an individual who responded saying very simple, simply, thank you. I wasn't sure. <laughs> and I thought, that's, yes, <laughs> that's just it. In fact, Swami Kriyananda said that one of the greatest powers of Satan is that he convinces many people that he doesn't exist. And for us who are on the battlefield, we are devotees racing to God's abode. That battle of Kurukshetra is happening within our minds, within our hearts in every moment. And so in many ways, the, the, the devotee, the disciple, we're at war with this uh, opposing force, this magnetism trying to draw us away from God. And Paramahansa Yogananda said philosophically in understanding uh, this question, who is Satan, Yogananda defined uh, this in the way that uh, Satan is the outward flowing force of energy that 
is this creative force bringing into manifestation all the creation. And Yogananda said that without this, this force, this creative force, outward flowing energy of Satan, we wouldn't have this world. We wouldn't have creation. We wouldn't have drama. And, you know, I'm sure all of us would like a little more dharma and a little less drama in this world. But Yogananda said that this is an important component to this God's dream. And it's important for us to also understand that, as Yogananda points out, that good and evil exist only in duality. God is beyond that. And Yogananda writes about why, so why did God create this, this drama, this, this world, this dream with these two components? And I thought it was really sweet that Yogananda said that God knew that there, of course, would be um, evil born out of this, this duality of this manifestation. But he said that God knew that love would win the day, that love would be able to conquer any evil. And so in so many ways in relation to today's topic, that's at the center of our lives, is that we too must invest more fully in trusting in that power of love, that power, that other creative force, that other power in this universe, which is light, which is love. And all of these, these powers of God dwell within you. And we, in so many ways, we're either being shaped by the saints or being shaped by maya, delusion. We're being shaped by this demonic influence of energy. And, you know, I was thinking of Yogananda's poem, Chisel Thou My Life According to Your Design. You know, in so many ways, in every moment, we are choosing how we're being shaped. In this chant that uh, Ramesha did so beautifully, um, that line that I often try to remember, which is uh, shaming the white lotus in, in purity, which the white lotus is seen as the, as the purest of the pure, so shaming the white lotus in purity, beyond all duality, guru image of Brahma, deliver us from delusion. And that's the answer. That's what our focus has to be every moment, every day of our life. If we want to cross that ocean of delusion, if we want to have the power to resist that opportunity, positional force of trying to pull us away from our, our that state of freedom. And I wanted to share uh, a couple of things relating to uh, Padre Pio, Padre Pio uh, which when I was trying to prepare for today, I felt guided to dive into the life of Padre, Padre Pio, who, of course, if you're aware, had a lot of battles with this darkness in very powerful, creative ways. And the thing that, before I read a, f a few things, I wanted to just mention that one of the main um, forces that this 
demonic energy, this of Satan's pull away from our home in God into the material world, there is always that influence of trying to guide us to focus on the small things, this material world, this body. And Swami Kriyananda said that where this delusion enters primarily is that sense of when we cling to that sense of I. I own this. This is mine. And again, all those things that the ego uh, embodies of just that approach toward life with separateness. And we have to be ever watchful of, you know, being defined by all of these things that life tries to define us, even to the extent that I'm a male, I'm a female, I am giving this talk today, I do this, I'm that, and you're none of that. You're spirit. And this is what the guru has come, Yogananda has come to help us awaken that memory, that divine memory, smriti, I am a child of God. And we have to um, feed that memory every day, lest we can get drawn into that other, that other pull. And I thought just one beautiful example of this um, that Nayaswami Dhyana gave uh, several years back. She was telling me a story that this was after the Nayaswami order uh, had been um, initiated into uh, our world and, of course, anyone else who wishes to pursue that path in other traditions. But Nayaswami Dhyana, of course, took the Nayaswami vow and she was in India. And she tells this story of she was walking down the street one day in Gurgaon, India. And there was another woman that was walking uh, toward her. And the woman asked Dhyana, given the fact she was wearing the color blue, olive blue, she said, oh, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am, what caste are you in? And Diana's response was, caste? I'm free. <laughs> and I just love that story. That's the go-to. That was the first response to say, I am not this, uh, you know, opposing or influential definition on my life, that we are children of God, we are free. But there's always going to be that influence to pull us into that that way of living, that way of thinking, the way of feeling into this smaller, compact way of uh, identifying with this body or this material world in any way. And so with this influence, you know, as reflected very much so in the story that was in uh, the reading of when Christ was tempted the thing to understand that wasn't in today's reading was that after his fast of 40 days and 40 nights, there came that time for him to transcend Christ consciousness into cosmic consciousness. And so this was what initiated that temptation where Satan came to try to draw his attention back to the physical, back to the physical body. By after fasting for 40 days, he said, turn this stone into bread. But we know how Christ responded. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Meaning, I will not identify with this limited physical form or this material world in which you're promising you could give me all the power to be king of this, all of this. But, he, but it's that choice that Christ said that I live by 
my faith. I live by this cosmic energy of God, my beloved. And, and we too, in so many ways, are tempted whenever we are ready to take our next step spiritually. Even that intention of wanting to dedicate our lives more perfectly as we start the service of saying, I'm awake and ready. Well, just that alone is going to attract that, that, op, that opposing force to say, no, you're not. You're not ready. You didn't sleep well last night. Or this, this spills into all aspects of our life. And so we, like Christ, have to be ready to know that whenever we take another step to go deeper, we have to be ready to combat that opposing force. I wanted to read of this process in reflecting on the life of Padre Pio. And so this was two letters that he wrote where he was writing this, of course, to to God. And this letter was in May of uh, 1913. So Padre Pio writes, Now, my dear father, who could tell you all that I had to bear? I have been alone by night and alone by day. From that day, I became involved in a bitter strife with those ugly wretches. They tried to make me believe that I had been rejected by God forever. And so this, to stop here in just this point, and perhaps we ourselves haven't felt rejected by God, but isn't it so that sometimes when we, we err and or we miss our meditations, or we drop this ball in our seva, and we make this big mistake. So often we pull back, and we, we perhaps feel disconnected, or we feel incomplete, because we no longer feel God. God's always there, but it is we that turn away from that light. We turn away from that presence. And so this is the first thing to, to remember as we go forth, that whenever we may fall, whenever we may trip, that our first response, so our first response is that we call to the guru, we call to God. And interesting enough, when in this reading, Yogananda is talking about, or reflecting in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, where this delusion is born from, desire. Well, what gives birth to desire? And Yogananda said something very helpful and interesting. He said, the feeling of incompleteness. And so that's something to be ever watchful for, because oftentimes when we start to feel that sense of disconnection or incompleteness, that's when, of course, both forces will come in. And the material world is going to have a, a big buffet for you to choose from to fill that incompleteness. But then from there, we know that desire is magnetized. And then from there, we begin to, to get, um, in, we get consumed by, that, by that, um, that delusion or that, that thought of being separate. And I wanted to read that we, we shouldn't feel that we, uh, even if we are struggling with this in any way, that we are less ready to uh, come home in this life, to find God. And I so appreciate the life of Swami Kriyananda and how much he uh, demonstrated how we should respond to life's tests, how we should respond when there is that drawing energy pulling us away from our goal in God. 
And I wanted to read you this letter from Swami, which uh, came after one of his biggest tests in this life, where he, he felt alone. He felt that sense of incompleteness. He didn't feel a purpose anymore. And he was left at this place of, um, of yearning for God and the Guru. And I wanted to read his letter, which is uh, very powerful. And so he's directing this to, to Master to Yogananda. Ah, Master, for a time I even doubted your love for me. This perhaps worthless disciple whom you had, as I thought, completely abandoned, to listen to recordings of your voice, even to read your words, caused me almost unbearable pain. I clung mentally to your feet and reminded you that I was yours eternally even if you rejected me. But I confess, in my intense loneliness, I felt rejected. It was only with the passing years that I came to understand and accept that what had happened was for my good, and for whatever good you might be able to accomplish for others through me. In such a powerful reminder that God will test us. And there was a yogi who once said that if you don't have any tests in your life, that's when you know God has abandoned you. (laughs) Because God's going to test us. Those tests are there for us to grow and to choose again and again and again to, to focus on the guru. That even if all becomes dry and you don't feel the guru, that you keep clinging to the Guru in the way that Swamiji demonstrated in this example. And I wanted to just share a very brief story um, of a test that I had. I often remember reading from Yogananda just the power and how much that he emphasized that he wants us to be tough. You know, he's, you could listen to one of his talks and he said, I want you to be tough. And we have to be tough. And he said that if our goal is to find God, if the arm prevent it, cut it off. That was how strong. And I was reading this when I first got on the path thinking, whoa, this is a serious path. I hope I don't have to cut my arm off. But in a smaller example, in many ways, I got to embrace this process where I was about to, um, I had attempted to move to India in 2012, and I ended up Um, coming back to the States, and then my next chapter was to move here to the village. And there was a one-year period in between that I was healing from a a sickness. And so in that year, as I started to get better, started to gain my strength back, I was there in my old stomping grounds near the ocean, and I grew up a surfer. And my primary definition in this life was, I am a surfer. That's all I thought about. That's all I thought would ever want to do. Uh, I had no interest in going anywhere other than the ocean. Uh, The world was the ocean. So I kind of started to slip back into that. And Yogananda helped me try to remove a little bit of that identification through many different creative ways, which I don't have all the time to tell you all those fun adventures he took me on. But this one, this was a very important time. And actually, Naiswami Lakshman, who I'm very grateful for, really worked with me at this time to just prepare to move into the monastery here. And there's a lot of things happening in my life. 
again, it was just that, that other creative force of energy trying to draw me back into the material world. And so I started surfing again, and gosh, was it lovely. You know, being in India and just being away from the ocean for some time, it was glorious. And so I started surfing, and then I, of course, checked in with Guruji saying, is this okay? You know, are you okay with this? But of course, I never heard him answer, so I said, he must be okay with this. <laughs> so I continued my surfing adventure. And then, in my heart, though, I knew that I needed to take this step to follow through with coming here to live in the monastery. And so I, was, I had this battle going on in my heart. And so... Sure enough, there's one day of surfing, and I was, remember I was out in the water. It was a really beautiful day, really good waves, and my heart was just really going back and forth. And I was, remember I was praying to Yogananda, saying, guide me, bless me. I, I want to do what's right, but you know, you know me. I, I love surfing. This is, a, this is a problem. And so literally just after that prayer, I was paddling into a wave, and I went to pop up. And the way I popped very strangely... I ended up tearing a very important piece of my knee, and it was extraordinary pain. I couldn't walk on it at all for, actually, it took about a year, year and a half for it to heal. But I instantly started to cry because I knew that this was Master cutting my arm off. You know, and as much as it is funny and it's kind of gruesome in some way, but it was so beautiful. And I just instantly knew, you did this for me, because now... I have no more desire for surfing. I can't surf. And so I'm so grateful. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should pray in that same exact way, but, but you know, <laughs> but to come into that place of that we have to have the courage to strive with ever more steadfastness to our home in God, to put our life at the feet of our guru and really trust that Whatever your will is for me, I want God. And to have that courage to sit, no matter what we may go, be going through, to say, I want God alone, God alone. And that's that power as we continue to come back again and again and again to that place of wanting nothing but God, wanting nothing but the Guru to take charge of our life, then this life will become transformed and we will gain that power of more and more light and that grace, that that darkness will not touch us. Yes, it'll be there to the end to test us, but we will know that we'll always continue to look again and again toward God, toward the light. So I wanted to close with, I'm going to end with this um, very beautiful letter from Yogananda which I invite you all to close your eyes and feel that this is Yogananda, this is the Guru speaking directly to you, the Divine Mother speaking to you. And this is entitled, You Must Never Lose Courage. Divine Mother sent me to pilot you out of the clouds of your mind. Everybody's difficulty is different, and he or she has to win that test of karma and Divine Mother, overcome all by constant inward calling on God in utmost devotion in words, thoughts, action, in obedience to Guru. God does not talk readily to the devotee, 
but a guru does. And the easiest way out of all difficulties is to listen to him and obey him. Your troubles I do not mind. I will never give up my job about you. It is better to conquer evil and not go on living with it forever. Never for a moment identify yourself with monetary flashes of error. Have no fear, and when I am gone, I am no longer visible in your eyes. You will never be alone. I may not scold you then, but I shall ever be with you, and through Divine Mother guard you from all harm, and will constantly whisper to you guidance through your loving self. So do not make life discouraged and tired, but be ever interested in doing for Divine Mother. No matter if war, sickness, and death dance around you, that is the secret of victory over delusion in all troubles. Be cut to pieces, but never give up. Be a divine leech. Suck at the blood of wisdom, even through torn to bits. A smooth life is not a victorious life. And I will give you lots of good karma, so you will get through. I will not ever forgive you, but ever lift you up, no matter how many times you fall. Keep unceasingly trying to conquer. Then not only will I invisibly help you, but visibly through many here, all whom know your inner self and love you very deeply. They all know what I think of your spiritual qualities. It is in kindness and continuous good behavior that you shine with happiness. Divine Mother will help you to win through your own efforts and the blessings of the great gurus. I'm not building a mansion for you or giving you riches that will perish but I am making an imperishable home with all riches for you in my Divine Mother's mansion, unceasing blessings, Paramahansa Yogananda. on the meadow have made you look so gay. The meadow larks are singing, joy is in the air. Come set your bells are ringing, your gladness to share. Hello there, sister dewdrop, linger a little while. Your colors in the sunlight would make a monarch smile. What need have I for treasures, diamonds or gold? The fairest of all pleasures are here to behold. Hello there, dearest kinsmen, pebbles and laughing brooks. You timid little beetles that hide in private nooks. God made us of his gladness, come then and sing. To cure the world of sadness, so ring, bluebell ring. To cure the world of sadness, so ring, bluebell ring. To cure the world of sadness, so ring, bluebell ring. God's grace can bestow. 
I not ask of God any wonder you crave? Worship me to satisfy all human needs. Dominion now over all this noble earth. All I ask of you is worship me. Get thee behind me, Jesus declared. Satan, know you not our Father, offers love in your stead. His gift of love to all is my Wise and strong to who says. 